Lord Jesus, we are grateful to be in your presence. We know that the enemy has um, ways that he desires to trip us up, ways that he desires to divide us, whether that be from other Christian leaders using their words to hurt and cause division, whether that be us disagreeing amongst ourselves. But we know that you have all power, Jesus. You have the final say, and we declare that, Jesus, you are Lord. And we rest in the fact that you know what you're doing. And I pray that this morning we would submit and surrender to that. That we would surrender to you and that our heart's posture daily would be surrender to the king on the throne. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you that you are a God that we can trust, that we can put our hope in. And that we will not be disappointed. And we look forward to the moment that we can be with you in glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Sanctuary. I'm excited to be with you all. I am always excited to be with you all. Um, I enjoyed um, taking the time to appreciate our pastors because our pastors are the best. Am I right? For real. For real. They, they truly are. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to share this message because um, we are going to be talking about, um, we're going into the same series, Altar in the City. We're going to be talking about some ways that we see God in this city, some ways that um, we can invest in this city and grow with this city. Um, but I, for one, am encouraged by the way that Pastor Rose and Pastor Edrin lead us to love, lead us to love each other and lead us to love this city. Um, I am especially grateful because as a youth pastor, I am able to learn from Pastor Edrin, who was a youth pastor for so long, um, and for, from Pastor Rose, who also had done children's ministry for so long. So they understand. I feel like they understand me. They understand my heart. They understand why I do love young people so much. Um, and it's just a blessing that even though um, they are in other positions right now, they still continue to invest in young people. And I myself am one of them. Um, I know that um, I came here at to Sanctuary when I was young. I think I was 20 or 21. I don't remember, 20 or 21. Um, but Pastor Rose and Pastor Edrin have been there through so many life stages that I have gone through. Um, they were there when I graduated college. <laughs> Just as a little 22-year-old thinking I know everything, knowing nothing. Um, they were there when I got engaged. They were there when I got married. There when I bought a house. All those things they've been there for, and they've given me advice. They've given me wisdom. They've walked with me. They've been patient with me. Um, and, and so I truly, for one, am grateful for both of you. So thank you guys so much for the work. I know it's tiring. I know it's hard. Um, I know it, it can be so much to not only... Um, it's not everyone works and lives in the same city, uh, but you guys being here and putting in the work um, day in and day out. I don't know if you guys know, there's no such thing as a part-time pastor or a full-time pastor. You're just a pastor, you know, and it's just who you are. You don't really get a ton of breaks, and if you do, you have to literally leave. Like, you don't get to stay here and have a break. You pretty much have to leave in order to get one. Um, so that work doesn't go unnoticed, and I know we don't say it enough, but I'm grateful for both of you. 
so much. So thank you for what you do here. Thank you. And this is Pastor Appreciation Month. It's October, so make sure that you guys um, just uh, say thank you to your pastors because they do way more than you know. There's so much behind the scenes. Um, so this morning, let's jump into it. We are in a series called Altar in the City, um, and Pastor Edrin, Pastor Rose, and myself um, are tackling a few different topics in this series. Um, in the first week, we talked about how we believe that God is present and active in North Minneapolis. We got to um, discuss different ways that us as the body of Christ, us as even a sanctuary family, can find um, rest and can find rejuvenation and Jesus just in this city, in North Minneapolis, because it is truly a beautiful place. So that was um, good for us to hear. We also talked about how we believe that we must earn and maintain trust in North Minneapolis. Um, and if you haven't listened to that one, I suggest that you go back. And if you have listened to it, I suggest that you listen to it again. And then um, last week, Pastor Rose talked about how we believe that liberation is central to our Christian faith and our witness in North Minneapolis. So this morning, what we're going to be talking about is that we believe that this community of young people are our responsibility. We believe that this community of young people are all of our responsibility, not just um, this community and sanctuary, but also this community of North Minneapolis. They truly are our responsibility. So, um, so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. This morning, I'm going to ask of us three things. I'm first going to ask that we assess, that we adjust, and that we apply. I'm going to ask that we assess what does scripture say about our responsibility to each other? What is, what is scripture truly asking us? What is God asking of us? What is our responsibility to each other? The next thing is adjust. Where are we prioritizing young people in our community? Where are we prioritizing young people in our church and in our city? And if we're not, I'm going to ask us to adjust. And then lastly, apply. Where do we see value in ourselves and others? Where are the ways that we can see what we have to give? And where are ways that we can see what we can learn from other people? Um, so before I begin, I do want to say so that there is no confusion that I do believe it is our responsibility to raise these young people up. I truly do believe that it is, a, it is the body of Christ. It is a mandate from Jesus to raise up young people, not only in our church, but in our community and in our lives. I believe that it's all, our, all of our responsibility, not just parents. I believe it's the responsibility of all of us and not just teachers, which we do have a lot of, so we thank you for your work, teachers. I do believe that it's not just royalhood teachers, it's not just mosaic leaders, um, but it's all of us, it's not just our young life leaders. Is it like that? <laughs> it's not just young life leaders who have responsibility to North Minneapolis. It is not just young life leaders who have responsibility to North High, but it's truly all of us. So let's open up scripture this morning. Um, we're gonna look at Titus 2, um, 8, or 1 through 8, I'm sorry. Titus 2, 1 through 8, and I'm just gonna read it um, off the screen with all of us this morning. It says, I can see it back there too. It says, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith and love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. 
So what we're going to be talking about this morning is what does that mean to teach the older men, to teach the, the younger men? What does that mean to teach the older women, to teach the younger women? And this is a common scripture, and we hear this a lot, but I want us to take a moment, just take even just a Sunday to pause on that. What does that really mean to teach? A few things in that scripture said to be kind, to be self-controlled. And I don't know um, if you guys have ever been around a mean person. <laughs> and if someone came to your mind, just say a quick prayer real quick. But if you've been around a mean person, you know that you cannot help them to be nice between 9 and 10.30 a.m. You cannot teach them to be nice between 11 and 12.30. We need more than just this time. I don't know if you know what it's like to be self-controlled. Some of us do, some of us do not. But to teach self-control takes so much longer than the time we have here on a Sunday morning to teach these things, to pass these things down to our kids, to pass these things down to our Mosaic students, to our youth, to the community. If you have that, we're responsible to teach it. If you're kind, I believe it's our responsibility to show others to be kind. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus continually shows us by example. He continually shows us by the way that he lived his life, by the way that he guides us. And so I believe that it is our responsibility. If we have these things, if we know how to be kind to show somebody else, if we know how to be self-controlled, Please show somebody else. Show me. <laughs> but this teaching assumes a continuous relationship. It assumes that you spend time with one another, that you can learn um, by, by spending time, by being together, by teaching, by correcting. All those things are things that we truly need. If I know what is good, I believe it's my responsibility to teach what is good. And so I wonder what it would look like if we as a sanctuary family, if we as a church body took responsibility to teach younger people. I remember there was a time when I was, I was young, I was young, I was probably 19 or so, and I was at a church, and there was a guy who came because he married one of the women at our church, and he was from the South, um, so I felt like kind of like kin to him a little bit, so I was like, oh man, this is going to be like my friend, so he came, and he, um, so he was the new one in church, and he had a very um, like assertive disposition. He was very strong-willed, a very strong person, um, and he was new. But when he got there, he started to invite people over to his home. He didn't wait for people to invite him. He invited people over to his home as the new person in church, and he started inviting over the young people. was not a youth leader, was not a youth pastor, but he was just inviting people over and said, hey, do you guys want to help me you know, do this thing? Do you guys want to help me cook? cook. Hey, I'm going to um, make a bench after church. Do you guys want to learn how to do it? I'm, me and my wife are going to do this. Do you want to come over? And he would do that all the time. And everyone would be like, what is wrong with him? Like, why does he want, like, what, why does he always ask people to come over, specifically teenagers? What's up with that? But he felt so responsible to these teenagers, so responsible to pass on his wisdom and to teach. He felt that young people were his responsibility, no matter what his position was in the church. So there was a specific time he felt so responsible that there was someone um, running in church. And he said, hey, he said, stop running. And so that child had an owner, obviously. The grandma, not the mom, the grandma came over. She said, excuse me, don't talk to my kid like that. And you know what this man said? He looked at her, his assertive disposition and, and all, fixed his jacket, he said, yes, ma'am. Because as much as he was teaching other people, he had that same teachable spirit. He said, I feel responsible to these people, but also I feel that older people are responsible to me. 
and I'm going to let people teach me and help me to grow and help me to be wise and help me to be humble just as much as I want to teach this for young people. And not that everything he did was right. It was very clear. There was a lot of things that he did that were wrong, and people corrected him and called him out. But his disposition, his, he remained with a heart that said, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Are we willing to be teachable? It's not just teaching. Are we willing to teach, but are we willing to learn? Are we willing to grow? Do we see this value in one another that says, you have something that I could learn? You have something that could help me grow, that could help me know Christ just a little bit more. And we truly need all of you. We need all of us to come around and teach each other. And I'm going to tell you guys, I promise each and every one of you, I give you my word. I will do my absolute best to walk alongside the teenagers in our church. I'm telling you, if you have never heard me say it before, if you don't have a teenager, if you've never been to Mosaic, I will do my everything that I can to learn of Jesus, to grow in his word, to study, to be at his feet so I can walk with young people. But I'm telling you guys, I can't do it alone. I need each and every one of you because I believe that these teenagers are all of our responsibility. I believe that the teenagers in this community, 55411, has the most teenagers in that zip code than the entire state of Minnesota. We have so many teenagers here, and I need help. I need you all. I need all of us to come alongside these young people and raise people up in the faith. Kanye West said it best this past week. Train them in the faith. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I couldn't. But sometimes, honestly, it can feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, we have, y'all, we have like 100 Royal Hood volunteers, right? We have a lot. Royal Hood, like, y'all are killing it. And I am always amazed and proud and excited and happy. So I, sometimes it can feel like I'm preaching to the choir. We have an incredible children's ministry. I am grateful for our youth ministry. We have so many teachers. We have so many administrators, so many people. We have so many parents, so many children. There's so much of that. So sometimes it can feel like preaching to the choir. Um, you know, you go into anyone's home in this church, and you may just see that sign that says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I mean, we are committed. We are dedicated to loving young people. But I want to... Um, I want to backtrack a little bit on that verse. So a lot of times we say, you know, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, yes, we'll serve the Lord. Um, but if you look at that scripture and look at a couple verses before it, you'll notice something a little bit interesting. In Joshua 24, at that time when he said, as for me and my household, um, we will serve the Lord, he was, first of all, near death. He was very old. This was one of his, the last things that he had ever said. So he was very old. Um, and he had brought the Israelites together, called a big meeting, everyone, brought everyone together. And he said, look, these are the things that God has done for you. These are the ways that God has delivered you. These are the ways that God has helped you. God has healed you. God has given you victory. And he was showing them that God has done so much for you, but sometimes we still refuse to come to him. And he said, now, I'm old. I'm about ready to get out of here. So if serving the Lord is undesirable for you, you go ahead and choose that today. But for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. So this was the, one of the last things he said, but sometimes we get to that point prematurely. Sometimes we say, as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. And we only worry about me and mine. We only worry about our own. We only worry about the ones that we feel God has given us, not knowing that we are a community. We are responsible to each other. I want to encourage us this morning, don't get to that point prematurely. I don't believe we've earned that right. I don't believe we've earned the right to say, as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord, if you haven't walked with people the way that Joshua had. 
if you haven't labored with them, if you haven't invited them into your home, if you haven't experienced victory but also experienced failure with them, then you can't say, "Mm, sorry, but just for me and my household will serve the Lord. This was a statement that he could say at the end of his life, after everything he had walked through his entire time with them. He said, well, as for me and my household, I know where we stand. So are we willing to walk with people? Are we willing to spend more time? Or is 9 to 11.30 enough for us? 9 to 10.30. I want us to look at things just a little bit differently this morning. That whole me and mine's mentality, um, that usually comes from a place of hurt. That usually comes from a place where we say, uh, me against the world. If you're not familiar with me and mine's, um, how do I explain that? (laughs) I did look up Urban Dictionary, but it had so many bad words, I couldn't even use it. (laughs) Me and mine's is basically like, uh, like me, like us against the world, like nobody's really down for me. How do I explain that? Okay, y'all, talk to me after service if you don't know what me and mine's is. But I say that to say I do think it is our business what goes on in the, in the lives of these young people. I do think it is our business. I do think it's our business what happens on the streets and in the community. Um, I take a personal that 46% of black children in Minnesota don't have a father. I think that's important. I think that we need to know that. I, 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 do, I think that's my problem. I grew up with a father. It's my, it's, it's my problem that so many of, of the kids in this community don't have that experience. I take it personally that 60% of black students in Minnesota don't graduate or, or do graduate on time. Only 67%. Only 67% of black students graduate on time in the state of Minnesota. There's no other state in the entire country that has a stat like that. And I believe that's our problem. And I believe that we're here for a reason. And those are the things that we're up against, but we have to know it, we have to see it, we have to value it. I believe that this community of young people are truly our responsibility. But I'm encouraged this morning because Jesus made it his business to find a couple of rejected teenagers who would change the world for his name. Sanctuary, we are a rich church. We are rich in talent. We're rich in skill. We're rich in innovation. This community is rich in love, rich in talent, rich in skill, rich in innovation. And I wonder what what our church would look like, what our community would look like if we shared that. What would our community look like if we can learn to be the kind of mom like Shayla? What if we learned to be a prayer warrior like Miss Pearlie? What if we learned to be sensitive to the spirit like Gerilyn? What if we paid attention to each other the way that Tyler does? What if we were faithful and consistent like Sham? Or if we were wise like Leah? What if we were thoughtful like Pastor Rose? Or if we stopped for people like Amy? What if we walked with people the way that Aliana does? What if we were adaptable and resistible like Anna? I truly wonder what it would look like if we were a boss like Alana. Come on. Or if we loved people like Johnnell, or if we were patient like Pastor Judy. What if we showed up for people like Andrea? Or if we, were smi- if we could just smile and be as polite as Ella? <laughs> I wonder if we were confident like Taylor. Come on. Or if we were as creative as Olive was. What if we could truly see people for who they are like Bethany? Or if we could truly serve like Taylor? What if we encourage people like Joy does? What if we made everyone happy like Victoria and Kat do? What if we blessed people like Asada? What if we were efficient like Jenny? What if we served like Lauren? Sanctuary, we are a rich, rich family. And for those women who have poured into me, I'm telling you this morning, I honor you. 
I don't care how old you are. I've learned from Ella. I've learned from Taylor. I've learned from Olive. I honor you. I honor you, Leah. I honor you, Pastor Rose. I honor all of you women who have poured into me, who have invited me into your home, who have taught me, because I need that. And our young people need that too. We're all responsible to each other, not just me, not just the Mosaic leaders, not the teachers. But I want to close with this. The past year, um, I've been able to be a part of an incredible community. And um, this community is called Young Life. And I have a photo um, on the screen to show you guys. But this picture here <laughs> means so much to me. And the reason that it does is because the Young Life leaders, I'm telling you guys, they put in the work. At any given time, if you go to North High, you'll probably see one of them there. And they take personally all the issues of this community. And they work, and they continue to give, and they love one another. And they've invited me into this community, not just me, but also the other leaders and the Mosaic students as well. And this community has made me a better person. Being able to walk across the street to go to Young Life has taught me even more just how rich this community is, how talented the students at North High are, just how, how much they encourage me, how much they give to me, how much they care about me for what. They don't have to do that. But they've included me and they've invited me and I am honored to be a part of this community. And just as much as I feel um, that maybe I can um, encourage them the things that I know, they've encouraged me so much. And we can learn so much from this community. You can learn so much. If you go to the free yoga at North Commons, free. Or go to the, the free Zumba at North Market. There's so many opportunities for us to grow and to learn from each other, to be sharpened by one another. And I want to encourage you guys this morning to feel that responsibility and this is coming from someone who I don't think if you were to describe me, responsible would be on that list. I'm just being honest. Probably not. But I do feel responsible to the young people of this city. I do feel responsible to the young people of this church. And so I want to ask you guys this morning, where can you be responsible to a young person? In what area of your life can you be like Jesus in the way that he's, he would um, seek out a young person? I tell my Mosaic leaders all the time, um, these kids don't owe you much. They don't owe you a hi, how are you, good morning, how's your day, when you walk into the Mosaic room. But you do owe that to them. They don't have to stop you and say hi. But you do. And this is why also, for the Mosaic students who are in this room, this is why I encourage you to serve in Royalhood. This is why, high schoolers, I encourage you to serve in middle school mosaic. This is why, because just as much as people pour into you, you're old enough, you can pour into somebody else. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to see you in the way that you love, in the way that you care, in the way that you give. God, we know that discipleship works. And your disciples changed the world. God, so that I, I pray that as we learn from you, we would pass that on so that it would be passed on, to be passed on, to be passed on. God, we believe in the plan that you have for this city, and we believe that we're a part of it, and we thank you for that. Thank you for the way that you brought us together. Thank you for the work that you're doing through Sanctuary, through the work that you're doing through Young Life, through the work that you're doing through NAS the work that you're doing, even in Sammy's, the work that you're doing at Breaking Bread. God, I pray that we would take the responsibility seriously. 
and that we would be a part of this call and disciple the young people in this church and in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.